Praise the Lord. And I want to teach here tonight on the subject on here, how God blesses us. How God blesses us. And uh, <clears throat> I want to really talk to you from my heart here tonight by the help of the Lord. <clears throat> I'm going to start out here by number one here. All blessings come from God. All blessings come from the Lord. And I want you to look with me in James 1.17. James 1.17. And it states exactly what I just said primarily here. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and cometh down from the Father of lights, with whom is no bearableness, neither shadow of turning. Notice, especially the first part of that verse, every good gift and every perfect gift is from above, is from God. God sends his blessings, he sends his goodness, and if we are ever to be blessed of God in any fashion, in any way, any way that we go at it, it's going to be from the Lord himself. God is a giver of blessings. I want to talk to you about that, when he does, how he does, and... Uh, and how God does it in our lives and, and how he has done it in the lives of those in the past. Praise the Lord. And uh, I want to talk to you about the, a little bit about creation when God created everything. So I'm going to have you go to Genesis chapter 1. This is the very first chapter, and this is, uh, this is Genesis uh, 1, 20 and 22 here that we're reading. 120, 22, and maybe I'll read the 23rd verse as well. Genesis 120, 20. And God said, Let the waters bring forth abundantly the moving creatures that have life and fowl that may fly above the earth in the open firmament of the heaven. This is God creating fish in the sea, animals in the sea, or whatever you want to call them, the beings of the sea, and also the birds. I'm jumping down to verse 22. And God blessed them. Notice the word blessed. God blessed these creatures that he made. God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the waters in the seas and let the fowl multiply in the earth. Now I'm jumping down to verse 24. And God said, let the earth bring forth the earth. <clears throat> The moving creature after his kind, cattle, creeping things, and beasts of the earth after his kind, and it was so. So now the earth, God has pronounced the, the blessings upon the earth, and the earth brings forth. Now look at verse 27. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God created he him. This is talking about man now when God finally made everything else, and now he's made man. Male and female created he them. This is man and woman. And God blessed them. Everybody see the word blessed. God blessed them. So when God first made Adam and Eve, he blessed them. And God said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. 
And so the Lord has blessed man and put man in charge of all of this earth that he's made. And he has given man this blessing that he has put upon him, as well as all of the other creatures and the life that he has also given life to and he's blessed. Praise the Lord. And uh, if you'll go to part B here very quickly. God's blessings on Noah. Now what happened here was that uh, for that many for several generations, I think it's ten generations, <clears throat> they failed God. And finally man became so very sinful, they were living long periods of time, hundreds of years. And they became very sinful. And uh, God said, I'm going to destroy man from the face of the earth. But Noah found grace in his sight. And the Lord told Noah, Noah, you build an ark. And you and your wife and your three sons, Ham, Shem, and Japheth, and their wives, the eight of you, go in the ark. And I'm going to send a flood. I'm going to destroy everything on the face of the earth that I originally put there and I bless. But because of their sin, I'm going to destroy them. You know the story. I'm not going to tell you all about Noah's story here. But I do want you to go with me here to uh, Genesis chapter 9, one, and 9, 1. And this is where Noah had come out of the ark and he had offered a sacrifice unto God. And God had told him, I'm going to bless you and keep my hand upon you and so forth. And uh, here's what he says in 9.1. I'm reading here now from the scriptures here. Uh, God's blessings on Noah, 9.1. And God blessed Noah and his sons and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply and replenish the earth. Notice the same thing that he said, had said to Adam and Eve in the beginning. He also said now to Noah and to his family. And then finally, uh, down in verse 7, I'm saving time here. And you uh, be ye fruitful and multiply and bring forth abundantly in the earth and multiply therein. I might just add this a little for what it's worth. I won't go into scripture, but I can show you this in the Bible very clearly. Before Noah, animals only ate vegetation. No meat-eating animals. I can show you that in the scriptures. This is in that very first chapter. I'm not going to go there because that's not our subject here tonight. But animals, were, were they ate straw, they ate hay, lions, everything. No meat-eating animals and everything. Man ate vegetation. He did not eat meat. did not eat any of the animals. And then whenever the flood happened and everything, the Lord gave man the right to eat flesh, but not the blood thereof. And that's all in here. And he also changed the diet of the animals so that some animals would be meat-eating animals. Now, during the thousand years of peace that's going to come on the earth, after the tribulation period, a thousand years of peace, the nature of these animals will be changed back. And they will, there will not be any meat-eating animals on the earth. Lions will lay down with a lamb, the Bible says. And the, the, uh, and the tigers are going to eat straw like an ox and so forth. If that's hard for you to believe, understand that's in the word of God. And it was in the word back then, and it was right, and it's in the word today, and it's still right. Praise God. So I'm just trying to tell you here and show you here a little bit some things that's in the word of God. But God told Noah, go forth now and be a blessing in all the world and so forth. In the fourth generation, they wanted to build a tower to heaven. They tried to reach the moon up there. 
case the Lord sends another flood and God said, I'm not going to send any more floods. Forget that. I'm not going to cover the earth with water anymore. And he gave them the rainbow as a symbol and a token in the sky. When you see the rainbow in the cloud, it means I'm keeping my promises to you. I'm not going to send a flood. And so every time you see a rainbow, remember there's been no flood since Noah's day. And God's still keeping his word. And he keeps it on everything. Everything he says, he keeps his word. Praise the Lord. So <clears throat> the Lord uh, told Noah, Lord, Noah, uh, you go forth now. And on the fourth generation, they try to build this tower to heaven. And because of that, the Lord saw their foolishness. And he confounded them. He judged them, confounded them, and changed their languages. So that a man turned to the other guy and said, hand me some, a brick and some mortar. And he was talking a different language. The other guy said, I don't know what you're saying. And he said, hey, I don't know what you're saying. And they couldn't talk to each other. And so they found that certain families spoke the same language, but outside of that family they didn't. And so they began to scatter them throughout the world. And that's how God kept them from trying to stay all bunched up in one little old spot and try to build a tower to heaven, do their own thing. And from that point on, man began to scatter upon the face of the earth. Finally, the 10th generation from Noah, not from the judgment here, the seven genera- six generations later, but Abraham was born, came along, and the Lord called Abraham. And I want you to go with me, if you would, uh, to Genesis chapter 22 here. I want to talk to you a minute about Abraham. God's blessings on Abraham. I'm getting on down to where I'm going here with all of this. So if you look with us in <clears throat> Genesis 22... And the Lord had told Abraham, Abraham, I'm going to bless you and your people, your seed. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to bless you. And he said, I'm going to make of you a great nation. Uh, Here in this 22nd chapter, the, the Lord spoke to him through an angel and said, go to Mount Moriah and offer your son for a sacrifice on the altar there. Offer him for a sacrifice. And, uh, Abraham says, well, Lord, I don't know how you're going to raise up a great nation because he's the only son that I've got. I don't know how you're going to do it because you need Isaac, but apparently you're able to raise him up again. So I'm not going to question what God says. So he said, okay. Mount Moriah, incidentally, folks, is the Temple Mount. It's the same as the Temple Mount. And uh, that back then it was a it was a it was just a mountain out by itself out in the country, but later it became part of Jerusalem and it was the Temple Mount. And of course, the Jewish people all know that they know it very well. And I'm going to pick up here where that Abraham had his son Isaac on the altar. And here's what it says here in the 15th verse, 22:15. And the angel of the Lord called unto Abraham out of heaven the second time now, and said. By myself have I sworn, saith the Lord, for because thou hast done this thing and hast not withheld thy son, you haven't withheld him, thine only son, that in blessing I will bless thee. Notice that. In blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven and as the sand which is upon the seashore. And thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. Now, notice here that the word says, See, thy seed shall possess the gate of his enemy. Verse 18, And in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. 
And of course, they always looked at this as being from the Jewish people. God will bless all the world through the Jewish people. But, uh, but Paul, in writing, and this is not in your notes here, but in Galatians five, in Galatians three sixteen, I'm gonna, I've got it here in my Bible, three sixteen, and if they'll put it on the screen here, Galatians three sixteen, Paul referring back to this time about Abraham, he said this. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. Now I'm reading here from Galatians three sixteen. Paul writing back concerning what God had said to Abraham. Now to Abraham and his seed were the God were the promises made. He saith not and to seeds S. No seeds. He saith not to seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed, singular, which is Christ. So Paul understood that when he made this statement over here, and I'm going to read it again back over here in Genesis, he said, that in blessing I will bless thee, and in multiplying I will multiply thy seed as the stars of heaven. And, there, and, and, he said, and thy seed shall possess the gates of his enemy. Verse 18, and in thy seed shall all the nations of the earth be blessed. So through Jesus Christ is all nations blessed. Praise the Lord. They come from the Lord. So here we are, we're Gentiles today. We are from all different nationalities of people, all races, all backgrounds. Uh, and, and God's church is all over the world. And it's of all nationalities. Thank God for all of that. Praise the Lord. And God has promised that he would bless his people and bless his church, all of it through Jesus Christ. And Jesus, God Almighty, clothed himself in flesh, came to this world, went to Calvary, and paid the price for us in our place. He died on Calvary that we did not have to die like that. He paid the price on Calvary, shed his blood that we might be saved. That's called the grace of God. Thank God for the grace of God. We are saved by grace and not through works, praise the Lord. And we are saved by grace and that through faith, our faith in believing in Jesus. That's why, folks, you want to keep on living for God. Keep on worshiping the Lord. Keep on going to church. Keep on doing your Bible studies. God bless you folks that have been reading, that read your Bible through. I think there's about 37 or 38 now that we've got that's read their Bible through in last year. And we're going to have a big dinner for you. And we're going to be announcing that when and where it's going to be here very shortly and everything. But I'm just trying to tell you here tonight that God, praise the Lord, blesses his people and he wants you to be part of those that are being blessed. So always give God the praise and the glory for all things because God has promised his blessing. And I'm going to move on here because I'm going into D here and I don't want to get <clears throat> too that. God's blessings on the nation of Israel. Now I want you to go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 7 here. <clears throat> and I'm going to read here where God has pronounced a blessing upon Israel uh, through Moses, through Moses, when Moses brought them out of Egypt. And they were just nobody, they were nothing, they were ex-slaves, they were, they were just being led by the hand out of, out of Egypt. And the Lord began to tell them, you're special to me and I'm going to raise you up and make you a great people. Look at verse 6. For thou art an holy people. 
unto the Lord thy God. The Lord thy God hath chosen thee to be a special people. This is to Israel now as a nation. Unto himself above all people. He has said, I've chosen you, Israel, to be that. Look at verse 13. I'm jumping down reading 13 and 14 here. And this is in your, in your scriptures as well, right here, 13 and 14. And he will love thee and bless thee and multiply thee. He will also bless the fruit of thy womb and the, and the fruit of thy land, thy corn and thy wine and thine oil and the increase of thine kind. Kind is cows or cattle. And the flocks of thy sheep in the land which he swear unto thy fathers to give thee, which was Canaan's land or Palestine as we know it today. Verse 14, thou shalt be blessed above all people. Thou shalt not be male or female barren among you or among your cattle. So the Lord was telling them here how he was going to really bless them and be with them, keep his hand on them. And God named, just poured out these blessings. Now, I'm going to go a little bit further where God names, God names some things. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Look at Deuteronomy 28. Praise the Lord. And folks, if you ever get discouraged in the Lord, remember this chapter and go to this section here and read it sometimes. This is what God told Israel. And it's just, it was like, okay, you, you're nothing and you're in the wilderness right now. You're wandering through here. You don't know where you're going to be. We're going to be next month yet. We're not there. But I'm just trying to tell you here that God had his hand on him. And look what he says, God's blessings name. Look at Deuteronomy 28. It should come to pass if thou will hearken diligently unto the voice of the Lord thy God to observe and to do, to observe and to do all his commandments, which I command thee this day. That the Lord thy God will set thee on high above all nations of the earth. Now here they were nothing, and he's telling them they're gonna, he's gonna do this for them if they will observe and do. That's important, not just to observe, but to do it. To do all his commandments. And he would set them on high. And it says, all these blessings, verse two, all these blessings shall come on thee. And overtake thee. It's just going to be more than, than, than you know what to do with. If thou shalt hearken unto the voice of the Lord thy God. Look at verse 3. This is where he names some of these blessings. Blessed shalt thou be in the city. Blessed shalt thou be in the field. Blessed shalt thou be in the, the fruit of thy body. And the fruit of thy ground. And the fruit of thy cattle. The increase of thy kind. And the flocks and thy sheep. Blessed shalt thou thy basket and thy store. Blessed shalt thou be when thou comest in. Blessed shalt thou be when thou goest out. Everywhere you go, everything you do is going to be blessed of God. Praise the Lord. And he was telling them that when they were nothing. And he was telling them, I'm going to bless you. Look at verse 8. The Lord shall command the blessings upon thee. Verse 8 now. Upon thee in thy storehouses and in all that thou settest thine hand unto, and he shall bless thee in the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Now I'm just pointing out to you here that God promised them, I will just bless you abundantly. Praise the Lord. And there was a, and for a while Israel followed the Lord in this. 
They did exactly what God told them to do. They obeyed the commandments. They kept the word of God. God had all kind of commandments for them. There's 813 of the commandments of the Old Testament that was given to Israel for them to follow and for them to obey. Not just the ten. The ten was the major. There was two in which all of the others all hinged on. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And if you keep those two commandments, you'll fulfill all the others. Praise the Lord. And it was all about a lot of things. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about it here in a few moments. So Israel was blessed of God mightily and everything. And uh, now I'm going to go to number one here. I want you to look at this for a moment. Israel's blessings were named and they were contingent. In other words... The blessings was due to the fact that they kept the word and they did what God told them to do. Now, I want to talk to you about the financial blessings of it. Look at, and this is A here. This is, I'm going to talk to you about tithes because we want to talk to you about the financial blessings of God. That's always a very important thing. Look at Deuteronomy 14.22. Deuteronomy 14.22. And, uh. All right, here we go. Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed. Now, what what is tithe, Brother Myers? Tithe is is a tenth of your earnings or tenth of your increase or whatever it is. If you're a farmer, you pay tithes on one way. And if you're you're a man that works in a factory and gets a salary, you pay 10%. And it's not the last 10%, it's the first. You don't deduct, you don't deduct your, your income tax and your your, your health care and, and and your savings plan, you don't do that. And then you pay 10 on what's left, 10%. You pay the first 10% goes to God. Now, remember that because that's important. And the Lord here said, Thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. That's what Abraham did when he saw Melchizedek, who was the priest of the Most High God and the king of Salem. He gave him a tenth of all the... Uh, that he had. Uh, and that was this tithe. Abraham paid tithes himself to Melchizedek. Verse 23 here, I'm, I'm, I'm going on with it. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which thou shalt, he shall choose to place his name there. That happened to be Jerusalem, and he did that when they got into the land. The tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, of thine ox, of thy oil, rather, of thy first fruits, of thy herds. And of thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. There is a scripture also, and I won't get into all the detail, but there's several scriptures about tithes. One of them is that you never, you never ask where it came from. You never ask where somebody comes to the church. Listen, I preached a revival one time up in the country years ago when I was a young man. And moonshiners came to my revival. I'm serious. I'm serious. Many of you know that. Moonshiners came to my revival. And the deacons, that two deacons sitting on the platform with me said, hot diggity. I said, what does that mean? He said, we're going to get a good offering tonight. I thought they were interested. They were interested in good offering. I was interested in trying to get them converted, you know. So anyhow, they came. Yeah, they came. They came on a Friday night and a Saturday night. And the next week they came again. I was there three weeks and every three Sundays, and they were there for, I think, two of the three, the the second one and the third one. And they came and they they paid tithes. 
they paid tithes. And you said, no, 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 we can't take your tithes because there's moonshine. No, no, you take whatever. And I can show you in the Bible. An old preacher showed me in the Bible where it says, whatever comes, whatever comes in, wherever it comes from, you never ask any questions. Just receive what God brings. I'm going to leave it there. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. But I'm just saying here from our standpoint of paying tithes, folks, if we pay tithes, God will always bless us. Praise the Lord. Amen. Praise the Lord. I see a lot of smiles out there. God love you. <laughs> All right. He says, uh, I'm going to finish reading this 23rd verse. Thou shalt eat from the Lord thy, in the place that he should choose his name. The tithe of thy corn, thy wine, thy oil, and first fruits of thy herds, and thy flocks, that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God. Praise the Lord. So I'm just trying to show you here how the Lord has. And then over in Proverbs, there's another scripture here that I'll refer to. Proverbs here, 3, 9. I'm still on this thing about tithes here. Verse 3 and verse 9 on Proverbs. Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. Uh, So shall thy barns be filled with plenty and thy presses shall burst out with new wine. Praise the Lord. And then finally, because Israel after a while said, why should we give the tenth to God? Why should we do that? Why should we give the seventh? The Lord also told them on the seventh year, you don't plow the field. You let it rest. And they finally got saying, why should we let it rest? We can grow corn on it and make more money. Why should we let it rest? So they began to disobey the word of the Lord. And things got worse and worse. So this was one in Malachi here where they got in trouble with the tithe part. I'm going to read this. Look what God says in Malachi 3.8. Everybody still with me? Malachi 3.8. If you don't remember anything else about tithes, remember this verse, this section. Will a man rob God, yet ye have robbed me. But ye say, wherein have we robbed thee? In tithes and offerings. You're cursed with a curse. This is what God said to Israel. For ye have robbed me, even this whole nation. Bring ye all the tithes, all, not part of it. Don't send part of it to grandma and part of it to the church. No, no, it all goes, all tithes go to the church. Grandma, you send her something else. That's something else that you do for her. And that's good. And that's the right thing to do. But not the tithes. And it goes on to say, bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me, prove me. Look at this. The Lord is telling Israel, prove me, put me to the test. Now wherewith saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing that there shall not be room enough to receive it. And that's powerful. And if you've got your Bible, underline that. If you've got a red pen, underline it with red. God's blessings are going to be upon you. And he said to prove and praise the Lord and there's not to be room enough to receive it. And then it goes on to say in verse 11, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. And he shall not destroy the fruits of your ground, neither shall, he, shall the vine cast her fruit before the time of the field, saith the Lord of hosts. And all nations shall call you blessed. Praise the Lord. The blessings will be upon you. Now, folks, if God would do that for Israel, he will do the same thing for the church. He will do anything, do the same thing for us as individuals. I don't care whether you're saved or not saved. It's in the word. 
God is faithful to his word. If you want to be blessed financially, pay tithes and it'll work. And he goes on to say here, of course, how have you robbed me? Being tithes and offerings. Offerings. I'm going to talk to you about that too. This is another one. Praise the Lord. Go to B here for a moment. I'm going to show you something else. B. The poor. Look at Deuteronomy 15, 7. Deuteronomy 15, 7. Praise God. All right. Here we go. If there be among you, this is going back to the Old Testament when the Lord was instructing Israel now in Deuteronomy about how to treat the people, their fellow brothers and sisters in the land of Canaan when they got there. If there be among you a poor man of one of thy brethren within any of thy gates in thy land, which the Lord thy God giveth thee, thou shalt not harden thine heart, nor shut thine hand from thy poor brother. Notice that. But thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him, and shalt... Brother Myers, is this really in the word? Yes, it is. Thou shalt open thine hand wide unto him, and shalt surely lend him sufficient for his need in that which he he wanteth. Look at uh, verse 10. Thou shalt surely give him, and thine hand shall not be grieved when thou givest unto him. Because that for this thing the Lord thy God shall bless thee in all thy works and in all that thou puttest thine hand unto. Isn't that something? God's blessing is going to be on you because you have compassion for the poor. Look at verse 11. For the poor shall never cease from the land. Folks, there will always be poor people. There will always be somebody to help. Always. Therefore, I command thee, saying, Thou shalt open thy hand wide unto thy brother, to thy poor, and to thy needy in thy land. Praise the Lord. I'm just showing you here how that God wants us to be very concerned about the poor and not to be hard-hearted and not to be mean-spirited toward them. I'm reading here now also in Proverbs 28, 27. 28, 27. Now look at this very closely. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack. You see that? In my Bible, I got it underlined in red there. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hath his eyes shall have many a curse. I'm going down now to 29, chapter 29, verse 7. That's just, that's just uh, nine verses on, further on down. The righteous considereth the cause of the poor, but the wicked regardeth not to know it. So I'm pointing out some things here about what the Bible here says in Proverbs about how that God will honor us if we will always be faithful and we will try to help those that are poor. Praise the Lord. All right, I want you to go with me to, uh, I'm going to go to number two here. Israel fumbled the ball. Go to Romans eleven seven. Go to Romans eleven seven. And all of these instructions that God gave Israel, they fumbled the ball. Amen. And this chapter eleven in Romans is all about 
Israel failing God and how God turned to the Gentiles. I'm reading here 11.7. What then? Israel hath not obtained that which he seeketh for, but the election, the election are the, the, are the Jews who became Christians. That's why they're called the election here. But the election hath obtained it, and the rest were blinded. I'm jumping over here to verse 20. Well, because of unbelief they were broken off. And thou standest by faith. Talking about us Gentiles here now. This is Paul writing now to the Gentile. This is the, to the Roman church. And, and thou standest by faith. Be not thy high-minded, but fear. Verse 21. For if God spared not the natural branches. He's talking about like an olive tree. And God cut off the olive branch and grafted in us Gentiles. And we became we became successful because we were grafted into the olive tree, which is uh, is of God. For God spared not the natural branches. Take heed that he did not spare thee. Behold, verse 22, behold, therefore, the goodness and the severity of God on them which fell severity, but toward thee goodness, if thou continue in his goodness, Otherwise, thou also shall be cut off. So I'm just pointing out to you here that we cannot fall into the old trap that Israel fell into back then and start rejecting things of the Lord. When Jesus came, folks, he came to bring all of these blessings, praise the Lord, and they uh, and Israel rejected Christ, therefore they fumbled the ball. I'm going to go to number two here. Now, this is number one. I've been talking to you all about the Old Testament and how God's blessing... I want you to look at this very closely here with me. I'm just going to refer to it, and there's one scripture in particular here. And that is, where is America in all of this today? Where are we? Folks, I am concerned and worried about our country. I'm worried about America. Because we are forgetting God. We're leaving God out of the picture. We're trying to say we don't need God. And we'll do our own thing. There's a lot of things that the Bible has pronounced to be abominations, gross sins in the Old Testament and in the New, in the New too, very much so. And now they're trying to embellish those things in our society today. And I'm trying to point out to you here today that I'm, I'm worried about our country. I see all these floods and storms and and. I don't know. I just keep seeing all of these things. I know it's winter time, and I know all that stuff, and tornadoes and all that. And I think, Lord, you know, these things are all happening. It seems like to America, and then I see violence. I see people just killing other people and going into places and shooting people. And I think, Lord, where are we going? Now you say, Well, Brother Byers, that's just that's just America. That's what it is. No, no, no. Hey, I've been around for a while. I've been around for a while. I can remember when it wasn't like that. I can remember when you turn on TV and you can see great crusades being held and preaching Jesus Christ somewhere, you know, and stadiums full of people going to church like that. And now churches are folding up and churches are closing their doors. And the apostolics are moving ahead, but so much of the nominal church is beginning to collapse. And that's, that's not a good sign. I'd like to see them, you know, stay with what they've got and just come on into more that's for them.
But I'm just trying to tell you here that this is America today. So I ask you this question, where is America today? And here's a scripture in Psalm here that I want to read to you that is found in 3312 and it's very simple. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. That's all it says. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he has chosen for his own inheritance. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. And America made God to be very foremost in some of those old writings of those old, those old, uh, those old forefathers or whatever they were. They talked about God and having God in their meetings, having God in their, in their, in their, their diplomatic sessions and all of those kind of things. And I'm pointing all of that out to say that we're losing all of that. So what does that mean, Brother Byron? That means, folks, stay close together as a church because God is going to keep his hand on the church. I don't know where America is going to go, but I know where the church is going to go. The church is going to go up. I know that. I can read it in, in, in 1 Thessalonians chapters 4, 13 through 8, 8, 17. And I can show you where it says that the church is going to go up. And that's not only that, but I can read it in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. The church is going to go up. So we know that. We do not yet know how we shall appear. We'll be like him. But we should see him as he is. He's coming back for his people. Praise the Lord. So stay with God. Stay with the church. Stay with God's people. God's people are the best people in the world. I went to a dinner the other night that was uh, people from different parts of our state that was to do with our what we call our section here. It's not. It's part of the Florida district. And, and I was invited to go to this dinner. And I sat with them as all Pentecostal people from different churches. I mean, several churches all gathered there together and they had dinner together. And uh, your pastor here picked up the bill for the whole crowd, everybody. And uh, And I'm just telling you here that sitting there and looking around and brother Richie was there and brother Richie was there lots of you guys were there brother and sister yeah everything others too but I, I couldn't help but to think God what a wonderful group of people these are just sitting here having the pleasure of sitting here having dinner with some of the best people in the world and I'm sitting here right now looking at you and I'm thinking, God, what a blessing it is for me to teach to people like this, some of the blessed and most, the best people in the world. Because you love God and you want to walk with God and you want to serve the Lord. And it's because that we do that and God's blessings are upon us. But don't lose that. Don't lose that. So whatever the, the world, whatever the church Whatever, I mean, whatever America does, you say, no, I'm going to stay with the body of Christ and stay with the word. Stay with the word. God will never fail us in that. Praise the Lord. Let me move on very quickly here. So uh, where is the church today? Where is the church? It is God's will that we receive his blessings. And I want you to look We're very with me here. There's nine blessings of the Beatitudes. I'm going to go through these very quickly, just just in reference here, more more or less. Look at these very quickly with me in the Beatitudes. When Jesus came, folks, he came and he brought all kinds of blessings. Just coming, the blessings began to happen. Chapter 5 and verse 2, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, verse 3, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. 
Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness. Notice that. Hunger and thirst after righteousness. For they shall be filled. If you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you're going to be filled. It says it right here. Praise the Lord. And if there's anybody here tonight and you're not saved and you've got a hankering for some righteousness and live for God and walk with God, don't give it up. You keep on pursuing God. God's going to grant that to you. Praise the Lord. He'll give you that wonderful uh, spirit of righteousness in your heart. And it'll be the Holy Ghost that will come inside of you. And you'll be more than righteous. You'll be holy. God give you the Holy Ghost. Verse, for they shall be filled. Verse 7. Blessed are the merciful. Merciful. People that are merciful to others. For they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in the heart. For they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness sake. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Verse, and, and, and verse 9. 11 rather. Blessed are ye. When men shall revile you and persecute you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. He says, just bless it. And you'll be blessed if that happens just to say, well, I'm blessed of God. Praise the Lord. So don't ever think, well, everything is just going bad and things getting bad and I don't know what I'm going to do. And all I kind of just keep on living for God and serving the Lord and walking with him. Praise the Lord. So the blessings of God. Now. I'm going to give you something here that's very special to me. This is financial blessings. We've talked about tithes and offerings here. But, folks, I want you to look at this verse of Scripture. If you, if you can remember Acts 2.38, you can remember Luke 6.38. Luke 6.38. This is one of my favorite Scriptures. And uh, if you've got your Bible, and I've said this before, and this is not the first time I'm going to say it. If you've got your Bible, don't put a ring around this verse. And this is Luke 6. 38, Luke 6, 38. Here's what it says. Give. Here we got it. Give and it shall be given unto you. Look at that. That's just so simple. Give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over. Shall men give into your bosom. For with the same measure that ye met with all, it shall be measured to you again. Now notice that. You, you understand what it's saying here. You're not going to give and it's not going to be given back to you. That's what this verse is saying. Praise the Lord. And if you don't believe in giving and you don't believe in these things that the Bible's teaching how God's blessings will come. Give it a try. Give it a try. Now, I'm going to substantiate this. I want to go a little bit further with it. I want you to go with me to Proverbs. Look at this verse. Both of these are some of my favorite here. Proverbs 19.17. Look at this closely. He that, pitieth, he that hath pity upon the poor lendeth unto God. Everybody see that? Now, he that, had, he that had pity upon the poor doesn't mean he just looked at him and said, oh, I feel bad for you. It means he's helped him. He's given him some money. He's helped him out. He that had pity upon the poor lendeth. Under, you, when you give to the poor folks, you're lending to God. You say, Brother Myers, I don't believe that. It's in the word. Can everybody see it? Right there. He that had pity upon the poor lendeth unto God. You're loaning it to God. Praise the Lord. And that which he giveth, will he pay him again? The Lord's going to give it back to you. 
And that scripture over here in, uh, in, in Luke chapter 6, God will always give it back to you. I cannot tell you how many times I have put this in practice for myself. And many of you have done the same thing. You've done it. And it always works. It always works. And I've told God, I've told God, and I still tell him all the time, God, if there's any situation or anyone or something that needs help, let me know. And I'll give, I'll give, I'll do. Just, you know, all God's got to do, let me know. Praise the Lord. And I'm telling you, folks, that God would bless, and this is how God blesses us. He blesses us whenever we are a blessing to others. Praise the Lord. So these are financial blessings. And then one other scripture there that's sort of associated with that is one that's found in uh, 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter uh, 9, verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. And he he's talking about giving here. And he which soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man according as he purposeth in his heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. Praise the Lord. That's why we clap our hands sometimes when they receive the offering. God loves a cheerful giving giver. Praise the Lord. So whenever the ushers come forth to receive an offering, those people there, they start clapping their hand and everything. Well, that's because they're trying to say, I want to be a cheerful giver. I don't want to just be, oh, you know, I hate to do this and everything. Here's, here's a little old $1 bill I can speak out there. God loves a cheerful giver. Cheerful giver. Say, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. Amen. Uh, anyhow, we've got some of you folks that clap your hand. God love you. Everything. Every man according as he purposes in heart, so let him give. Not grudgingly or of necessity. I'm in the seventh verse here. For God loveth a cheerful giver. Verse 8. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. So I'm just, I'm just giving you verses of folks. This is just hitting on some of them too. There's just, there's just so much of this. Praise the Lord. And uh, we've talked about financial blessings here. There's spiritual peace that God gives. There's the peace of God. Matthew eleven twenty eight. And uh, I know I'm running out of time and I don't want to. But look at this. This is 1128. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Come unto the Lord. I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. Rest. That's rest in the, like, I mean, you can be so troubled, folks, but you can come to God, lay it all in the hands of the Lord. And that's part of his blessings upon us is rest, is the rest that we can receive. Praise the Lord. If you ever get to be really dithered and all thumb-buzzled out there in the world, just say, I can't wait to get to church. When you get to church, say, Jesus, I didn't come just to sit here or balance my, look at the phone or balance my checkbook or play games or I didn't do that. I've come to worship you. And you do that, folks. I'm telling you, God will bless us. Praise the Lord. He's promised it. He said, my rest is, uh, I am meek and lowly with heart and heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my, my burden is light. 
And uh, going on just another verse here very quickly here in 1 Timothy 1, 7. Verse 7, for God, this is Second Timothy, for God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. God's given us that. These, these are all blessings of God. These are not financial blessings now. These are those spiritual blessings that come with serving God and living for God and walking with the Lord. Praise the Lord. And uh, now I'm going to number four here, and uh, this is a very blessings hindered. I'm just going to talk to you about this. Uh, <clears throat> blessings from God can be hindered in our lives through unbelief if we don't believe and uh, I will read this verse here that's found in, because I think it's a very important verse here. That when Jesus was in his earthly ministry and uh, he went to, uh, he went to Nazareth. Let's see here if I can find it. He went to, he went to Nazareth where he grew up. Jesus did as a boy. And he went out in the ministry and began to do miracles everywhere he went. Everywhere he went, he healed the sick, opened blinded eyes, made withered hands straight, and people up walked. It was just one after the other. They, they lined up to get to him. Jesus went to Nazareth. And when he got to Nazareth, they said, Is not this the carpenter's son? Is this not little old uh, Jesus running around here all the time that we all know about? This isn't, he, he, he's just a kid growing up here. Who's he? He's a nobody to us. We know who he is. He's poor. He's a poor kid. His father was a carpenter. His father wasn't some diplomat. His father wasn't some, you know, walked in fine clothes. His, he was a carpenter. He's a carpenter. He just built houses and built tables and chairs and people, furniture, whatever. You know, and uh, one place said even Jesus was a carpenter for a short time there with his father, Joseph. His earthly father, not his real father, and everything. And so they said, we don't hear anything you've got. And so when Jesus spoke to them, they got all upset about it. And they, they said, his brother, his mother's here and his brothers are here and his sisters are here. And he just, and look at verse 58. And he did not many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Now notice that. Because they could not believe that he was able to do it. And I'm just trying to tell you here today that we can always say, Jesus, I believe you. I know you're able to do it. Praise the Lord. Another thing that can keep us from having the blessings of God is secret sins. We talked about that last week, the Gadarean demoniac, when he went over, uh, when Jesus went on the ship and went across the sea, went to Gadaria, and they had those swine they were growing on the backside of the desert. How many of you remember me talking about that last week? That was their secret sins that they had going, everything. And... They, Jesus left and left from there, went back. And they told him to get out of here. Don't we don't want to hear anything you got to say. And how many people in that city of Gadaria, that town, did not get a healing because they told him to leave because they had they wanted to keep their little secret sins. And I could talk to you about Achan, you know, trying to hide the Babylonian garment and the wedge of gold when he went. Into, when they went into Jericho and the walls fell down and he, he, he hid all this kind of stuff and he, he lost out with God because he had the secret sin and you know and, and others as well and finally and I'm closing with this one and this is the last one this is in John 
One of my favorite scriptures, and I learned it when I first got saved, a dear sister came to me and said to me, I had only been saved just weeks or months, probably weeks. She said to me, Brother Myers, here's a verse of scripture that you ought to memorize. And I said, okay. She said, I should not. I did. So I did it. And it says, love not the world. This is 115. It's 215. John, 1 John, not St. John, but 1 John 215. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, folks, that's powerful. That's a powerful scripture there. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, this is everything that Eve did whenever she took the apple off the tree. It wasn't an apple, but fruit of knowledge of good and evil. Whenever she took that fruit off the tree, that's all. They were, this is, she was guilty of all three of these. This is always, they, it's not of the Father. These things are not of the Father, but is of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and the pride of life. Verse 17, and the world passeth away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Praise the Lord. And there's that guy that I always refer to, that Paul refers to in Second Timothy. Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world. And I told you about me and the pastor being over there, right where that old present, old Thessalonica right there the old and walking around where the, on the grounds and I said out loud just said it out loud it just hit me Demas you sold your soul for this I'll never forget as long as I live I said oh God help us to love you and love truth and stay fat, stay faithful to God folks because one day the Lord's coming back and this old world that we're in here and if you love the world it's going to pass away Believe me, this old world, our world is going to pass away one day. This, this, our little world, whatever it is, is going to pass away. But the things of God are forever, and eternity is forever. And I want all of you, praise the Lord, all of us to go together when Jesus comes back. Let's stand and give God praise. Would you do that? God bless you. What a wonderful audience you are. Oh, Lord, we love you. We love you. We love you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for your people. Thank you, Lord, for the church. Thank you for the body of Christ. Thank you for your love for us. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you for Calvary. Thank you, Lord, that you shed your blood that we might be saved. Thank you, Jesus, that you have given us the word that we might know what we should do and how we should live. Thank you for your spirit that you have put inside of us to direct our paths and lead us and guide us. Thank you, God, for all of your great truth. We give you the praise and the glory for all things in Jesus' name. And everybody say praise the Lord. God bless you. You're dismissed in his name. You've been a good audience tonight.